What's up? Welcome to the Album Nerds Podcast with your beautiful, wonderful hosts, Dude and Andy. You know who I am, I'm guessing. So I'm going to say hi to my friend Andy. What's up, brother? <laughs> What's up, dude, man? How's it going? Welcome I to the show, man everybody. Dude. Man, dude, man, dude, man, dude. All right. Man, dude. <laughs> Glad to have you with us, as always. Welcome to the Album Nerds Podcast. Today on the show, we're talking about concept records. I love a good concept record. How about you, buddy? Um, I'm less... I'm less enthused by them than you, but I do enjoy them, a handful of them. A lot of them are a little theatrical for my taste, or I don't get the concept, but uh, in this case, I think we nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> that remains to be determined, my friend. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, yeah, they, they can definitely go bad, but sometimes they're really good. And it's a really cool experience, and sometimes they just fall flat on their face, and you end up laughing at them, and it comes off ridiculous. So. Concept album is an album in which its tracks had a larger purpose or meaning collectively than they do as individual songs, usually achieved through a single central like narrative or story that goes throughout. Right, right. That's what I, we're talking about. Thanks thanks for reading from the dictionary. That's, that's pretty exciting. It was from Wikipedia, as a matter uh, of fact. Well, much better, much better. The Internet's Dictionary. That's right. Brought to you by Wikipedia. Go to wikipedia.com for more information. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's get into this, huh? Sure. Let's do it. Oh, it's so grand. It's a concept album. All right, so Whoa. my vocals, my vocals there were in the spirit of my pick this week. A little something called Operation Mind Crime by '80s Luminaries Queensrÿche, and um, it's quite, it's quite an adventure, don't you think, Andy? It is quite a wild ride. I'll give you that. Man, oh man, what a kooky tale! So <laughs> the, this. This album came out in 1988. It was uh, uh, May 3rd, 1988. I believe it was the third studio album by Queensryche. And they they were sort of a prog rock deal. They're a 80s metal style band. The vocals reflect that. But the story is about Nicky. He's a drug addict. At the beginning of the story, he wakes up in a hospital and he's really not sure what's going on. And then he gets this flash of all these memories and then they play out through the tracks. So Nikki basically is unhappy with society, unhappy with the government. There's mentions about the media. You can't trust it anymore. Sound familiar, anybody? And then there's this guy, Dr. X. And Dr. X wants to get rid of the politicians and the way that Washington works and start his own regime. And so Nikki kind of gets behind that. And Dr. X, who ends up being an evil man, takes advantage of Nikki using his his, uh, drug addiction as a way to control him. And he turns him into a hitman, basically killing off any enemies. And he heads a state political adversaries and foes. And he has this network of spies and killers. So he manipulates Nikki. And Nikki thinks he's on this path of righteousness, doing the right thing, so saving the world, etc. Why don't we talk a little bit about Revolution Calling? Then we'll get into the story because I've gotten ahead of myself again. <laughs> Self-editing, I love it. <laughs> Man with the cure. Just watch the television. Yeah, you'll see that's not the 
Okay. So what's pretty cool here is this was 1988, and yes, I know it, how the music sounds. It's very... That's one of the big criticisms I found about this was that people were like, oh, well, it sounds too much like 80s metal. Well, duh, it was made in the 80s, and it was a metal band. So no one criticizes to, you know, what, The Who for sounding too much like a 60s band. Come on. Ridiculous. <laughs> anyway. Take the words guy, out of Jeff my mouth, Dickens, man. <laughs> Jeff Tate can sing his ass off. Yeah. It's awesome. So if you if you like the genre, listen to this album. If you don't like the genre, wait for Andy's pick, and we'll talk about that. And you can listen to that instead. Were you were you picking up on the story? Does this were you following along with this, or was it just a bunch of noise to you? No, it didn't really make sense to me until I read through the lyrics and then read through some of the band's description of the story. And that was then when I listened back to it, it made much more sense, and it was a much more interesting listen. I think on its own. It was just a little bit too distracting, the format, like that sort of, uh, like you said, 80s hair metal sound. Yeah. It can be a little bit, compared to today's music, it sounds a lot, it sounds very different. <laughs> we'll say that. Yeah, it, it's really weird for a concept album of this particular genre, at least one that was popular, went platinum and stuff. So I understand that. And yeah. It's just as much it's just as much fun to listen to just the songs if you like 80s hair metal as it is to try and dig into the story they tried to tell. I just yeah. think it's cool they tried. Yeah. No, you know, like my enjoyment level on this record listening through it without knowing the story was like, I don't know, two out of five maybe. And then once I knew the story and I could start to piece together in the lyrics and the little little sketches they have throughout, which are actually really well done. This sounds like a movie. The little dramatizations they've done are perfect, like sound effects and good voice acting. And then I really appreciate the record, like probably like a three or four, because it's like, wow, they really thought the story. And it's kind of a cool story. Like I would totally want to watch this as a full length movie, not necessarily with this music playing, but with just regular... <laughs> regular score would be cool but i thought it was enjoyable um from that that story the story standpoint was really helped sell it to me well you know most of it for me is just the fact that they tried this and they tried to have this the lyrics are weird because they're actually they rhyme mostly but when you're reading along it's more like you're reading a story than it's you're reading lyrics did you notice that the way that they're structured there's a lot of description it's not just Blah, 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 blah. And then a chorus, it's like, I went over there and I picked up yeah, a gun yeah. and then it's, I it's walked like out a, of the room. Yeah. It's like a screenplay more than a, <laughs> yeah. Than a, yeah, a song structure. Really cool. I mean, great bass lines, great drumming, great instrumentation. I really like the the dueling guitar stuff. They did great work with Jeff Tate and the overdubs and harmonizing with himself and stuff. I mean, that guy is like a combination of, I don't know, Freddie Mercury plus every other metal singer in the world. <laughs> it's just Robert Plant. I mean, just, the guy could wail and he had this really low register too. Awesome stuff. Really fun to listen to. What I mean, this isn't your genre, so. No, but I could appreciate his range was is ridiculous. Um, like on this last track we're going to play here, like he hit some high notes at the end of this thing that <laughs> are absolutely ridiculous. You'd expect like an yeah. opera opera singer to be hitting. It's uh, it is impressive. Whether or not it's your cup of tea, you know, it can be a little polarizing from that respect. But can't say you can't sing. Really depends on your commitment to 
listening to albums as a whole and concept albums, just experiencing it. Whether or not it's your genre, it might be fun to try and experience. So the basic story, so I'll kind of break it down. So we've got Revolution Calling, Operation Mind Crime, when he gets his orders to kill, Speak and Spreading the Disease, and the mission are about Mary, who's the, the nun, about his mission and how he feels great about it. And then side two, the sweet sister Mary, that whole story about her getting you know, dying. The needle dies, electric requiem, breaking the silence. I don't believe in love, all kind of keep leading into his sadness. Uh, waiting for the 22s and instrumental, my empty room, and then it ends with eyes of a stranger. So, and we're going to play that track. Why don't I play that right now and then we'll finish up? What do you think? Sounds good, man. So at this point, Nikki is we've looped back around to the beginning of the album. So he's waking so up he's, in like a hospital bed, right? Like right, a nurse. He wakes up. Yep, and she calls him a bastard. Uh, he wakes up in the, in his hospital bed, and all of these memories flash by the whole story. And then we come back to the end, and he's looking in the mirror and doesn't even recognize himself anymore, and who he's become, and how it all went to hell. Yeah. But the, the coolest part is that at the end of the song, you can hear, there, it speeds up, and you can hear little bits and pieces from some of the earlier songs, <laughs> and then it ends with the, with the opening where it's like, when he wakes up. I remember now, or something and, like that. Or. Yeah, I remember now, and it comes, it comes back around to the beginning, which I think is pretty cool. So that's it. That's that's Operation Mindcrime. I mean, you really got to experience it to understand. I mean, I know I rattled through a bunch of stuff, but it's a lot to talk about in a few minutes. <laughs> so. That's an amazingly intricate story. It's uh, very impressive. They actually pulled it off. It's cool to hear, man. I never heard of them before. They were Are they an American band? Or are they European, maybe? Or? They formed in the Seattle area in the early 80s. Oh, okay. All right, brother. All right, man. Well, cool pick. That was uh, quite the experience. Definitely would recommend. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, just as a concept records go, man, that's a pretty epic undertaking they took yes. on there. And I give them a lot of credit, like you said. Regardless of genre, they get high marks just because it was so freaking ambitious. And you can you can tear anything apart that you want, but it's pretty cool. And it was a lot of fun to listen to. So get the concept. Now Word, say get the concept. I like that. So I got a pick for you, too, buddy. You, too. You, too. Mm. No, it ain't you, too. I don't know, YouTube doesn't really do concept records, did they? No, not exactly. Never really I like mean, a story-based type thing. No. Nah. They should. They maybe, yeah. If you're listening to YouTube, Bono, get on that. Anyway, um, my record I picked out is from a band that is no stranger to the concept record. The Prog Rock, the Prog Rock, I guess, man, two Prog Rock bands in one show. Um, the Mars Volta. And their 2008 release, The Bedlam and Goliath. Now, this is a little bit different take on the concept record. The, st- the record itself, technically there's some story to it, and we'll get into some details on that. But the real interesting story is more what happened in the time the band was recording this record, and kind of some of the mysterious things that was happening to them. There's a bit of a, a legend behind it, and we'll, uh, we'll get into that. But first, I want to know, what did you think of this, of this record, man? Are you, are you not really a fan of the, of the band in general? Is that... Is that true? Well, yeah, they 
they're after my time in terms of like uh, seeking after your music time? to listen to. Yeah, but there wasn't like, I mean, at least I'm, not for me. There was no streaming services or whatever. So I wasn't really trying anything out unless I heard it somewhere. So I had heard of the Mars Volta, but I didn't really get what they were. And the little bit I heard was so kind of uh, otherworldly that I'm like, yeah. So I never really had an opportunity to listen to their music and this was the first album i've ever listened to by then oh interesting cool well let me just preface this we're gonna play the, uh, the title track here the fifth song goliath and that is he's kind of the central character in the story and let me just give you a little taste of the story before we play it so the two principal band members uh omar rodriguez lopez and cedric bixler zavala uh, let's just say omar and cedric <laughs> <laughs> well done well done uh, so Omar was on vacation in Israel and happened upon a little curio shop of curiosities. And he found this Ouija board and bought it as a gift for Cedric. Cedric was kind of taken by the gift and uh, curious by it. And I guess uh, the band started using it after a lot of their shows. Um, while they were on tour for their previous record, uh, Ampitecture, which is also a really good record. He started to communicate with these like different personalities, some like different people from different time periods are trapped or communicating through this Ouija board. And they would come to find out that this different personalities were actually all being controlled or all belonged to one person whose name was Goliath. And he had kind of like this split personality, schizophrenia thing going on. So that all kind of comes to fruition in this track here, Goliath. So, Woo. yeah, pretty intense, right? <laughs> this record is ripped. Yeah, it's so, it's so frenetic. I mean, is that their usual sound or is it just for this record? This record is a little bit more up-tempo than their other works. Usually they're a little more spaced out. Okay. This record is tight all the way through, pretty much just 11 all the way. <laughs> yeah. So that's the kind of the Goliath persona, this kind of amalgamation of all these different uh, personalities that are communicating with them through this Ouija board and uh, Cedric, this lead singer there, starts writing down some of the things the board's telling him. You know, he finds that this kind of is empowering the board and making him feel important and giving it like this sense of purpose, you know, kind of to get its message and story out. And it's a very intricate story about these different personalities who all had this like love triangle between them starts to come about and it's this man and a woman and a daughter and there's like murder and incest and it's really messy and and then you know as they're getting deeper and deeper into the story and the boards seems to be getting more and more aggressive with them all these bad things are happening in their day-to-day lives um their drummer quits their studio floods recordings off their hard drives mysteriously vanish the producer on the record just quits halfway through he says something to the effect of, I'm not going to help you make this record. You're trying to do something very bad with this record. You're trying to make people crazy. So the band decides to get rid of the board and uh, Omar takes it out to the desert, breaks it into a few different pieces and buries it, I guess. Doesn't tell anybody where it is. Refuses to talk about it for the rest of the recording session because they think they're cursed by this board. Did you pick up on any of that story as listen- listening to the record, man? No. 
I just heard. <laughs> but I did read about it because okay. I needed some context. I'm like, I don't know what is happening right now. I feel like there's a like swarm of bees inside my head, <laughs> so I need to figure <laughs> out what the hell's happening. Uh, so I did a little. I did a little reading. Okay. Okay. Similar story that you that you heard. Yes. Yes. And I think that uh, this album did very very bad things. To me, <laughs> so did bad things to your head. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I can tell you one weird thing about it. Just in my experience listening to it in the last week, for some reason, I can't stream it on my desktop computer. It will not stream. It just doesn't play. I can play it on my phone. I can play it at home. I swear, this record is—it's a little bit weird, man. Um, Cedric. So as you're writing this, and then all these bad things are happening to them, he got kind of worried that maybe you know, including what the board was saying in the lyrics on the album and writing about it would actually have a bad effect on people and maybe affect the band negatively. So he put like these Afro-Caribbean religious protective passages into the record that were supposed to kind of like protect people from the bad message. He went on to describe it as like the record serves as a bunch of little traps. So when the record comes out, people will have those traps and they can play the game and try to reverse the bad luck we've had come from it. It's like really kind of bizarre shit, man. Like, and, and I, I don't know. I always do feel a little weirded out by this record. It's just, just a story. I refuse to buy it on vinyl because I don't. They include a Ouija board in the printout of it, in the the gatefold, uh, and I don't want to see it. I don't want to be associated with it. I don't know. So it's weird. Were they were they being real about this, or was it just some hypo hype job yeah, thing to sell records? I don't know, man. They're they're like they come from a punk background, you know, when they were at the drive-ins. Like they're not about yeah. like media publicity and stuff like that it's not really the right mo but you know, it's hard to say I mean, how much is you know did they exaggerate you know exaggerate a little bit to, to sell some records i don't know but it's it's kind of weird circumstances yeah. so what's up with the album cover and so it looks like it's in the middle east but there's satellite dishes and stuff all over these like you know sandstone type of buildings any insight into that i wondered about that yeah, so that's the artist. His name's uh, Jeff Jordan. He did the artwork for the previous record too. That's kind of his style. He does a lot of like Middle Eastern looking artwork there, and usually has like one or two things okay. that are very out of place to kind of try to make a point, I believe. Oh, and you know, like this the story kind of originated in Jerusalem, so I think that's probably what they were going for. Sure. Okay, but, uh, that's just my guess. Yeah. All right, man. Yeah. You want to play this last track here? Conjugal burns is. Uh, it's how the record ends up, and it kind of ends on like a weird, chilling note. Um, the lyrics go, uh, But I'm drawing closer to the present, and I'll find a space with no memories. I've got a second chance to inhabit the living. And you kind of get the impression that this this spirit or person or entity or whatever is going to try and come out through the board and, and possess somebody. It's got some yeah. weird effects going on. It's, it's pretty pretty chilling shit. Yeah, so I'm referencing back to Goliath there, obviously. I mean, it's not 
a linear story, like in the in the way that the Kreenzweig, um album is. I think it's more of like yeah. different the different split personalities come through in the different tracks, you know. But the influence of of what happened to the band is is very evident, I think, in the sounds and in and you know touches of the lyrics throughout, kind of loosely piece together the story for you. Yeah, the concept is is more of a theme right. about this board rather than and Goliath and and the other spirits rather than a story about it starts here and then we you know defeat him by burying him in the desert that all came out of interviews and stuff right that's correct burying the board is not part of the record is it no no not really it seems to kind of end where like I was where maybe the spirit comes back to life and leaves it kind of an open-ended so yeah it's not a literal interpretation by any means but you know some of the best stories are a little fantastical like that you know yeah, it is definitely creepy, and knowing the background makes it creepier. So if you didn't know it, it would just sound like a bunch of fights from Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> but once you do know it, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, totally, man. Totally. Well, that's what we're doing on the show, right? There you go. Oh, my God. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you could... You hear it, right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I never really... I watched Dragon Ball Z because a friend of mine who was, at the time, a bit of a couch tater, Mm. watched this show. And we were in our, like, well into our 20s. It's a cool show, man. he was like, I couldn't stand it, dude. I'm like, well, this is so weird. Why are we watching this? And he's like, are you eating my food? I'm like, yeah. He's like, then watch it. I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So... All right, man, that was pretty creepy and pretty cool, and I will try some of their other stuff. I didn't really like at the drive-in very much. I think that's part of why I've shied away from the Mars Volta. Now, are they still doing stuff, or are they done? No, they are done. They're still Omar and um, Cedric still do stuff together occasionally. They have a few bands that are going together, but the Mars Volta proper cool. is, is no more. Well, thank you for that experience. You got it, buddy. Hope everybody out there enjoyed it, man. We'd love to know what concept records you enjoy. Hit us up on Twitter at Album Nerds or tell us on the website, albumnerds.com. Um, I don't know, man. I was thinking maybe we do this as like a reoccurring segment. What do you think? Do you like to on the records, the concept records? or? I'd love to. It's just it's, I, I'm going to struggle to find stuff, but that's part of the fun. So I'm in. Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. Let's see what happens. Uh, next week on the show, we're going to be uh, looking back to the year 1994, talking about some of our favorite records from that time, maybe taking uh, a little trip down memory lane, remembering what it was like growing up in the 90s. Good times, right, buddy? I love the 90s. Oh, yeah, man. Golden age for us, right? Yes, I was uh, cock of the walk. <laughs> Strut my sure stuff. Were. <laughs> <laughs> I had hair. <laughs> Golden age for sure. All right, so don't forget to go to albumnerds.com, listen to the show, listen to the playlist that Andy puts together, talk to us, tell us what you're listening to. Also, tell your friends about us. We'd love it if they would listen as well. You can find us on Twitter at albumnerds, symbol at albumnerds as well. You can find our podcast on the iTunes, the Google Play Music, the Stitcher Radio, and... We're newly on Instagram, so go find Album Nerds on Instagram and see some pictures of whatever we put pictures of. I don't know how Instagram works, so it's going to be wacky. It's going to be records and stuff. It's not going to be our ugly faces, right? That could be staring at us, hopefully. No. I might take maybe pictures of my feet for those of you that are into that. 
Hubba hubba. <laughs> All right. No feet pictures. All right, people. Andy, people. Yes. It's been great talking to you. I'll catch you, you next too. time on the Alb Nerds Podcast. Bye, 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 bye. Rest of your week, everybody. Looking forward to talking to you next time. <laughs>